we go ahead and pray, and then we're going to look at God's word. Father God, I thank you today for the privilege that we have of gathering in your house and of worshiping you. And we ask you today, Lord, that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit. I pray that we'd be able to hear your word, that we'd be able to focus in upon you, that everything that would hinder us from receiving from you, God, I pray that you just allow those things to fall to the side. I pray, God, that nothing that is said that's of me would remain in people's hearts. But those things that are from you, that are life-giving, that are eternal, I ask you, Father, that those would find a good place within our hearts and our spirits. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Today we're talking about refusing to be pampered. Joshua 14, verse 6. It's now time for Joshua to divide up the land. For the past seven years, they've been fighting battles, and it's now time for them to assign each tribe their portion of the inheritance. Two and a half of the tribes have already received their inheritance on the other side of the Jordan. There's nine and a half tribes who are gathered together, and they're gathered together corporately as a nation, and everybody is saying, what do I get? They're saying, what do I get? As they gather, Caleb and some of the leaders of the tribe of Judah approach Joshua. They're all gathered together, and Caleb and some of the leaders, they gather together there, and those guys come up, and they have a special request that they're going to make of Joshua. And we find that here in verse 6. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now, Caleb, I want you to get this picture. Caleb approaches his old friend, Joshua. They are the two elder statesmen of Israel. There is nobody left of their generation. And in fact, the person who would be the closest to their age is 20 years younger than them. The oldest person that would have been there would be 65, and Caleb is 85 years of age. Caleb reminds him of the event from 45 years earlier, when Joshua and the other 10 spies searched out the land. Caleb came back, and he gave them, according to Scripture, a report according to his convictions. What was his convictions? Caleb said, we can do it. We got what it takes. There's giants in the land and there's mighty fortresses, but God is with us. We can possess the land. Everything that God said about that place is exactly true. It's a land flowing with milk and honey and it's ours. Let's go up and take it. Ten other spies came back with a negative report. And their report said that the land has giants in the land. The giants are too big. And because they spread this bad report, it caused the people to lose heart. 
In spite of the pressure from the other ten spies, Joshua and Caleb would not back down from their convictions. Because they believed with all of their hearts, we can possess the land. However, we all know the story that the people agreed with the majority. And the majority is not always right. In God's kingdom, majority does not rule. On this time, they followed the majority of the people, and the majority of the people, the majority of the spies said, we can't do it. And so the people's hearts melt. Deuteronomy chapter 1 records God's words through Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 34 says, When the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore. Not a man of this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your forefathers, except Caleb, son of Jephthah. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. I want you to notice that promise there. It is conditional upon this statement about Caleb, that Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Caleb reminds Joshua what the Lord had promised him 45 years earlier. 45 years earlier, God said, I'm going to give you every place of land that your feet stepped upon. It's going to be for you, and it's going to be for your children. They are going to inherit it. Why? Because of this phrase that's repeated throughout Scripture again and again about Caleb. What is that phrase that's repeated again and again? It's the secret of Caleb's life. It's a phrase that's found in the book of Joshua three times. It's found in the book of Numbers twice. And it's found in the book of Deuteronomy one time. And that is that Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Caleb was an overcomer because he had faith in the Lord. Now, I want you to know this. When Caleb comes and makes his request of the Lord, a lot of people think Caleb's coming And he's making this request as a selfish act. Hey, God, you know I put in my time. God, you know it's been 45 years and I've been faithful. God, it's my turn now. That wasn't the spirit or the attitude with which Caleb made his approach. His attitude, his approach did not have to do with what God owed him necessarily. His attitude was not a selfish approach. I believe this was another time in which Caleb is going to display the type of leader that he was and to display the God who he served. In doing so, Caleb would once again challenge an entire generation to follow God wholeheartedly. Listen to what Caleb says to this national gathering of leaders. It picks up in verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive For 45 years, since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as on the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and the cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. This is a national gathering. And Caleb approaches them 
And he says, in front of everybody, before they start handing out the inheritance. Have you ever noticed, have you ever been somewhere people get their share? Have you ever been there? At a place where people, it's, okay, we're passing out pieces of cake. And I know everyone says, no, I want a small piece. But when it comes out to inheritance, a lot of times people look out for themselves, right? A lot of times people want the best. My brother, he's a police officer, and he says, he's a trooper now, and he says, whenever he goes out on a job, because he's had experience before, but because he's with a new company, he says, I know the way that it works. Whenever you go out on a call, the new guy always gets the report. When you got to run through the door and kick in a door, it's the new guy who goes in first. It's just the way it is on the job, okay? The new guy gets the dangerous things. The new guy gets the dirty work. It may be that way in police work, and it may be that way on your job, but it's not that way when there's real leaders. When there's true leaders, true leaders step up when they need to step up. Now, and that's exactly what Caleb does. In doing so, he challenges these people to step up once again. Joshua steps up, he says, it's 45 years later, and God has still kept his promise. All the other leaders have died off, just like God said they would. He says, it's you and me, Joshua, and here we are. We've made it. Now, all these other people are watching by, and Caleb says, Joshua, it's you and me. It's been 45 years, and it's you and me. I'm 85 years old. But listen to what he says. But I am as strong today as I was on the day Moses sent us out 45 years ago. And I'm itching for a fight. I'm ready for whatever comes our way. Now, Joshua, you know what God said. Now, give me the land that God promised to me. Now, I want you to see this. This is not some boisterous act. I believe this is a God-ordained step of leadership once again that Caleb pulls off. He says, I'm 85 years old. I'm just as strong as I was back then, and I'm ready to fight whatever comes my way. I'm ready. Now move out of my way, Joshua. I want what God promised to me. And then he goes on to say that if God's with me, he'll allow me to drive out the giants that possess, that are in this land. Now, what did God promise him? God promised him the hill country. Some versions say, give me the mountain. What was the hill country? What was the mountain? That was the same area that Caleb had walked upon 45 years earlier. That's the area where the giants lived. That was where they had their strongholds. In the past, just the mention of the inhabitants of the land. Just the mention of the fortified cities. Just the mention of the strongholds of these giants caused the people to throw up their hands and quit. Just the very mention of them. But Caleb said, that's the land that I want for me and my family. In the past, listen, this was an area that in the past, just the very mention of these giants, the mention of the areas that they were in, caused the people to shrink back. But now he says, that's the land that I want for me and for my family. Wait a minute. Caleb had put his time in, hadn't he? Like you and I, on the job, after you put your time in, then you shouldn't have to do the dirty jobs anymore, right? 
Isn't that the way it is? No, you put in your time. Let the new guy have to do that. Caleb was an elder statesman. If anyone deserved to be given a prime piece of real estate, it was Caleb. And surely everybody would have understood if Caleb would have stepped up and said, I want the best land. By the way, I've been at this longer than any of you. And he had a right to it. That's not what he asked for. He was an elder statesman and everyone respected. He was 85 years old. There was a whole generation that was missing after him. If anyone deserved an easy road, surely it was Caleb. But Caleb refused to be pampered. I want you to hear me. Caleb refused to be pampered. He refused to take the easy way out. He refused to take the easy road. Before they started out handing out the allotments, Caleb comes with the other leaders of Judah, and he said to them, give me the mountain. That's me and my family's rightful inheritance from God. What was the mountain? The mountain wasn't a beautiful, easy place. The mountain was where the stronghold was. The mountain was the most difficult place. Now here's this 85-year-old dude saying, I want the biggest, the baddest, the meanest, the roughest person that the enemy has. That's who I want to fight. Can you imagine if you're like a 25-year-old guy and like your great-grandfather is saying, call him out. Come on, I got something for you. If you got any guts at all, I mean, if you have any self-respect, you have to step up. I mean, great-great-grandpop's punking you out. You got to step up. You got to do something. Today, there's people who think in the church that they've put their time in. They say, I've done the hard work. I deserve a time when I can set back and take it easy. But that was not Caleb. Do you see how his actions inspired others? At the very beginning, he set the atone for the allotment of land. Caleb did not say, give me the best. Caleb did not say, give me the well-watered regions of the Jordan River. He didn't ask for that. Caleb knew exactly where the giants were. He knew where their strongholds was. He knew the most difficult land to take the mountains, and he said, give me that mountain. While the city of Hebron had been conquered, there were still some giants in the region. There were still some areas that were holdouts, much like you think in the Middle East with our wars over there. The armies come in and the Air Force comes in and they do these mass bombings, but then they send the guys in afterwards for the hard work. It's not so hard to go in and do the mass bombings. There's strongholds that are left afterwards, the the cleanup work, they would say. And that's what he asked for. Verse 15 tells us that Hebron used to be called Kirith Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest giant among giants. Other commentators say that he was the grandfather of Anak, who the Anakites were named after, the giants. And so he's the granddaddy of them all. This city that's named after him, the granddaddy of all the giants, that's who Caleb says he wants. Caleb was in essence saying, give me the hard area where the giants live. Because if God goes with me, I'll drive them out. His hope was in the Lord. In verse 13, then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephthah, 
and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kirith Arba after Arba, who was the greatest among the Anakites. Then I want you to notice this next one. What's the last line say? Then the land had rest from war. Because Caleb was willing to fight, because Caleb was willing to face those giants, the land could have rest. As long as people avoided the giants, as long as people tried to get out of the way of them, the land would never have or no rest. But because he faced the giants, the land could have rest. May I suggest to you today that there's a generation that needs some seasoned saints who will stand up and who will say, give me the mountain. We're never too old to make a new conquest of faith in the power of the Lord. Like Caleb, we can capture mountains and conquer giants if we wholly follow the Lord. No matter how old we become, we must never retire from trusting in the Lord. It's not time for you and I to shrink back. And as a church and as saints who have been, you know, if you're a saint and you've been saved for more than five years, you realize that to a lot of people you are a seasoned saint. If you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, there's another generation, there's a younger generation that's growing up and that is watching you. And they're wondering what you'll do and how you will respond. And what do they need? They need seasoned saints who will step up and set the tone for the entire church. They don't need seasoned saints who cross their arms and say, well, I've put in my time past. Let me tell you about back in the day. Back in the day, I did this. Back in the day, I did that. Well, what'd you do for me today? You know, here's the reality of life. What'd you do for me today? It's nice what you did yesterday. In the business world that we live in, isn't that the way it is? What'd you do for me today? The company really don't care what you did three years ago. They'll give you a plaque and a pat on the back, but they're going to say, what did you do for me today? What we don't need in the kingdom of God is people who rest on their laurels and say, well, 25 years ago, I did this for God. And, and well, over the past 25 years, I've been sitting around doing very little. Let somebody else do it. You know what they need? They need godly men and women who have experience in the kingdom of God, who whenever the giant comes up, old grandmom hops in there. Bring it on. Grandmom. And you know, there again, I mean, grandmom's going to call you out. She'll be like, you punk, you're going to let your grandmom go out and face that battle? Even if you're scared to death, you're going to be like, move out of the way, grandmom. I got this one. Right? What is that? The church needs seasoned saints who will step up and say, give me the mountain. Don't give me the easy route. Don't give me the, because whenever you're asking the easy route, you rob those people who are watching you of confidence and faith. Oh, well, there's so-and-so, and I look up to them, and they don't have the courage to do it, so, and they don't think they can do it, so I know I can't do it. What do we need today? We need godly men and women who will be like Caleb, who will say, give me the mountain. 
I might be 85 years. I might have uh, faced some difficulties. But with God is with me, I can still drive out those enemies that stand before me. Joshua 15, verse 13 through 19. We see Caleb providing for the next generation. Some of Caleb's daring faith rubbed off on his son-in-law, Othanel, who later became a judge in the land. Caleb's faith also touched his daughter, for she had the faith to ask her father for a field and then for springs of water to irrigate the land. Caleb's example of faith was more valuable to his family than the property he claimed for them. Do you hear that? His faith, his example, the courage, the confidence, the example he set before them was much more valuable. The inspiration he gave them was much more valuable than anything else that he could possibly give them. The older generation must provide for the next generation, not only materially, but most of all spiritually. Senior saints must be examples of believers and encourage the younger generation to trust the Lord and to wholly follow him. As we close, I want to remind you of those words of Caleb. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. And I'm just as vigorous to go to battle as I was then. Now give me this hill country the Lord promised me that day. You've heard that the Anakites were there and the cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. As we close, I want to just challenge you with this. And I'd like us to have a few moments to consider this. There's some real challenges that we face. We face them as a nation. We face them as a family. We face them as a church. There's some real battles that lie ahead. Even in those places where we've gone in and and we've won victories, sometimes there's still pockets of resistance. There's still pockets of strongholds that hinder, that hold back the work of God. And what God is asking for is he's asking for some people who will say, I'm not going to be pampered. We'll say, Pastor, you don't have to worry about pampering me. You don't have to worry about babying me. You notice they didn't go to Joshua. Notice Caleb didn't go to Joshua and say, well, Joshua, this is your job. Why don't you go ahead and take care of this one? Is that what he did? No. Caleb went to Joshua, the leader. Joshua, you got a big problem? I hope that works out for you. I'll be praying for you. Got you. Hey, praying for you. I'm going off for the weekend. You go ahead and have a good time there. That's not what he said. He came to Joshua and he said, Joshua, I want the worst place that you got. Where's the biggest stronghold? Where is the worst problem? Wherever that worst problem is, is where I want. I'll take it. It's mine. Because God promised he was going to give me the victory there. Now, as we conclude, what I'd like to challenge you today is I would like to give you an opportunity. You know, in the past, maybe there's some places where you have been hindered in stepping up. Maybe you've been saved and you know what? You're tired. You're weary. You are worn out. And in the midst of your tiredness, in the midst of your weariness, God's trying to, he's trying to call you back. 
to find your place. Remember with Nehemiah, your place on the wall. He's trying to call you back and he wants you to step up. And there's a bunch of people who are watching you and they're wondering what you're going to do. Because when you step forward, it gives them inspiration. You got a family. Caleb understood This is for me. I'm choosing this fight, not just for me, but for my children. Why? Because he said, I got it. And I know that my kids got what they need to take out these giants. Unfortunately, many times what we do is is we don't think we have it. And we don't think that our families have what it takes to face the challenges that life puts our way. My goodness, what a hard, what a, you should, you could could almost curse your kids by saying that to them. I don't think that you have what it takes to face life's challenges. Caleb said, I know that you got, I know I got it. I'm 85. I still got it. And my kids got it. You give that to us. We're going to take that land. That's ours. God promised us. And this is the thing. And if he goes with us, we'll drive them out. What was Caleb's dependency upon? Caleb could say that because Caleb wholeheartedly trusted in the Lord. Wholeheartedly. Now, maybe in the past, you over the years, you're tired or weary, and you've stood back, and you said, Pastor, I could tell you about the day when I did this and that, but today, you've been stepping back and letting someone else do it. Maybe you're at a place where because of fear, you step back from the challenges that stood ahead of you. And you step back and you just said, no, nah, I don't think I can, I can do it. One of the worst things, I'd rather get beat up than be a coward. Because if you get beat up once, you're beat up and you'll heal. If you're a coward, you have to live with that. You know what I mean? Like it's easier, it's easier to, to, to get beat up than to be a coward. Because if you're a coward, you know what you are and you have to live with that. The enemy may have beaten you a time or two, but I want to encourage you to get back up and go face him again. Don't run from him. Don't allow him to taunt you and torment you. So as we close today, I just believe that God's raising up a generation of seniors and middle-aged people who will take a stand for God and who will say, Pastor, you're not going to pamper me. I'm not going to be pampered. Don't give me the easy way. Give me the mountain. I might have some battle scars. I might be 85 years old. I might have had some difficulties in my past. But I believe that God, if God goes with me, he'll allow me to drive out the enemy that stands in my way. I believe it. You know what? I believe my kids have what it takes. That they can face the giants. That they can face the mountains. I don't believe that they're cowardly and fearful. I believe that they have what it takes to face the giants that stand in their way. So give me the mountain. As we close today, this is what I want you to do. I want everybody to stand up. Everybody, please stand. If you're here today, and maybe in the past, there were things that you backed away from. Maybe in the past, you stood by And you crossed your arms and said, let someone else be the first one through the door. I don't think I want to be the first one through the door. But today, in a spiritual sense, you want to say, give me the mountain. I might have been beat a time or two. I may have some disappointments in the past. 
But if God goes with me, he'll give me the land. Like I said, maybe in the past you responded cowardly. And you know it. And you look at yourself and you're like, man, I, I hate that. But today, you want to take a public stand before everybody. And you're going to say, you know what? By taking the stand, I'm saying, God, don't pamper me. Don't give me the easy way. Give me the mountain because I know that when I am willing to to take that step, that God will provide rest for the land if I'll take that step. So, Lord, and I'm just going to give you that opportunity. Right now, the Holy Spirit's spoken to you, and you need to step out of your seat, and you need to line up across the front here. I want to pray with you. All of you who want to take that stand, you want to say, Lord, I want to be the one who says, give me the mountain. I want to be that spirit of Caleb. I want to step forward. I don't have to be pampered. I don't have to be babied anymore. I want the mountain. Just line up across the front here. We're going to pray with you. Make room for other people. You can make your way. Fill in two rows. Just come on in. I want to encourage you, those of you, just begin to pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You want to make that determination. You say, God, I don't want to stand back any longer. I want to determine in my heart that I'm going to step out in faith. Hallelujah. I want to pray over you, those of you who stepped out. Now, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the example that we have from your word of Caleb, who refused to take it easy. He refused to be pampered. He refused to cower and turn away. But he willingly stepped forward and said, give me the mountain. I still got some fight inside of me. There's still a fire in my bones. Now, Lord, I pray over these people here today who stepped out and they said, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to flow through me. Lord, I don't want to cower back from difficulties and challenges, Lord. But I want to step forward and I want to face those challenges head on. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray that as they step out, I pray that you would meet them right there. God, in the past, we repent. We repent of the times that we've been hesitant. We repent for at times saying, God, I want the easy way. Lord, make the way easy for me. Lord, we pray that you would make us fit for whatever way you bring us. Lord, if it's a hard way, make us just as strong. Lord, if it's an uphill climb, increase our endurance. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would rest upon these people so that they can face those challenges that lay ahead of them and they can drive out those giants, those places of stronghold that have wrecked havoc upon their families for years. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you just to pray just for a moment. Just pray and wait upon the Lord. We bless you, Lord. Lord, we speak against demonic forces that would come against the people of God. We speak against lust and pride and greed and envy and anger and rage. Pornography, drug addiction, divisions. Lord, we know how the enemy comes in. He tries to wreak fear and havoc in their lives. He tries to destroy their families. And Lord, we just plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. Lord, if you go with us, we'll face those challenges. If you go with us, Lord, we will be victorious in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak against the schemes and the lies of the enemy. As the enemy would come and try to bring divisions 
as he would try to bring hindrances to the work of God, as he would try to bring distractions, as he would try to get our hearts set upon other things, we ask you, Lord, that you would expose his schemes. Every single one of his schemes, God, we pray that you would expose his schemes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would bring your peace into our lives. God, I pray for my friends who are standing at this altar and in the midst of their battles, in the midst of the challenges in which they face. I pray, God, that you would bring peace in the midst of their battles. Now, Lord, I just declare over them. I declare over them the blessings of the Lord, that the enemy will flee from you, that you will be the head and not the tail, that you are more than conquerors through him who loved us, that you'll say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done according to God's word. We speak confidence in you. I bless you with the confidence and a faith and God that grows and expands in exponential ways. I bless your faith that you would be able to believe God for things that are humanly impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I pray that your eyes and your heart would be expanded to be able to see how big and wide and great and glorious your God is. That he would enlarge your understanding that you could comprehend his power, a portion of his power and of his might that's extended towards you as you trust in him wholeheartedly. And Lord, I also pray for the battle that we face, this onslaught of carnality, this distraction of our minds from the things of God onto the things of this world. Lord, it wants to infiltrate the church. It wants to infiltrate our homes. It wants to infiltrate our minds and our families. And we pray, God, that like Caleb, that we would be following you wholeheartedly, that our hearts would not be divided, that our affections would not be set upon the things of this earth, but that our affections would be set upon those things that are eternal. And Lord, for the miracles that need to take place here at this altar, Lord, there's people who come and they have family members who are facing grave disease and illness. There's people who are facing challenges with their children, challenges in their homes, challenges in their own personal spiritual walk. Lord, I thank you that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Lord, I pray that that same spirit that rested upon Caleb. Lord, you said about Joshua and Caleb, they were of a different spirit. Lord, I pray that you would possess, that that same spirit that was upon Caleb would, even now as we pray, would possess your people. This boldness, this courage, this unrelenting confidence in God that nothing could stand against them. And we'll thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray that as they go forth from this place, that they would go forth with a new confidence and boldness and zeal. When the enemy comes in against them, Lord, I pray that there would be something instead of that dread and fear, I pray that there would be something that wells up with them and says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, here we go. Not that fearful, oh, yeah, that confident, oh, yeah, let's see what God's going to do. 
let's see the hand of our God intervening on our behalf. Because God, if you go with us, we'll drive out every one of those giants that stand before us. And we thank you for that, Lord. Blessings upon your people. Anoint them and empower them in Jesus' name. Amen.